Thank you, guys. Isn't it good today to know that we serve a risen Savior? Amen? Amen. So thankful for that today. I'm going to be preaching this morning on the war room. And I know a lot of you say, man, what is the war room? How many of y'all watch the NFL draft? How many of y'all like NFL football? Amen? I mean, I know I got some football. The draft, if you've ever seen in the draft, they have war rooms. And while there's a pick coming up, I watched the draft the other night on ESPN, before a pick comes up, the Houston Texans had the first pick. And so while they're having the first pick, the uh, St. Louis Rams had the second pick. And so they're in a war, what they call a war room. They're in these war rooms days leading up to the draft. And there's so many calls coming in and voices, and they're getting statistics on this player. They're getting rumors. They're getting lies. They're getting told the truth. And so many things. And, and, and I was, what caused to lead me to this called the war room today is because these NFL rooms work a whole lot of like our minds every day. As this owner is sitting in this war room and he's listening. And he's listening to each one of these guys give him their statistics and their facts about this player, whether they're truth or whether they're lies. And he's got to distinguish all these voices, phone calls coming in. They're screaming back and forth through all these voices. He's got to distinguish which one is the truth. Because if he, if, he, if, he, if, he, if he follows the lie, then that's going to be the future. If this player is a bust, this is the future of their franchise. And so as I was thinking about this today, we do this every day in our lives. Our, our minds look like this war room. <laughs> Believe it or not, we have, there's a statistic out there I read this week that we have over 60,000 thoughts come through our mind in one day. You didn't know your mind was that big, did you? 60,000 thoughts go through your mind a day. Now just think about that. 60,000 thoughts. Now the survey went on to say whether this is true or not, but this is what it said, that out of them 60,000 thoughts, 80% of them thoughts are negative, condemning, and lying thoughts that that come through our mind every day. And so as I was thinking about that this week, and I thought about, you know, we live in a war room every day. We get up and as soon as our feet hit the ground, thoughts are going through our mind. We go to bed at night and some of us have a hard time going to sleep because a lot of y'all say, my mind will not what? It won't stop. It won't go to sleep. It just laying in bed and thought after thought. The same way it happened to me Friday night. I mean, Friday night I think I got maybe an hour and a half of sleep. And I don't really know why. We was having the Perry Kilby Saturday and... And, and I don't know, I, I was dreaming of Big Bass. You can dream, can't you? I mean, I didn't, it didn't happen, but I dreamed about Big Bass. And I, I, I just, really what I dreamed about was Tim Trahan in the front of the boat, Casey Johnson in the back of the boat, and George Vincent in the middle. And I was just laying there, oh, I was laying there in the bed, and I was just in my mind just thinking about, what if I caught a big bass and put it on them boys tomorrow? Wouldn't that be great? And I just, man, all I could think about was just, I mean, just jerking the lips off of one. Just sucking that worm up, you know, and and it didn't happen. I think the biggest one was about like, now, Casey had maybe the littlest, I don't know. We're going to say he did anyway. But all these voices that come through our mind, it's just, it's unbelievable. 80% of the thoughts that we have are negative. Now, if we have that many negative, condemning, and and just 
uh, lying thoughts bombarding our lives every day, how can we distinguish God's voice? How do we distinguish between the truth and a lie? Because whatever voice we believe this morning is the voice that's going to determine our future. Amen. It's going to determine how you live and how you wake up every day and have joy. Listen, the voices that you listen to and believe are the ones that's going to dictate your Christian walk. And believe me, I, I, I tend to believe that there is 80% of negative thoughts on how we Christians today live because a lot of times we live more negative and downtrodden, amen. Amen? amen, then we do being full of joy and knowing that, hey, even in the midst of all the lies and everything that goes in the world, I still am a child of the King. Amen? amen. I love that song. Hello, my name is Child of the One True King. And we need to say that every day. And we need to know that God's promises are so much more powerful than the lies of this world and of Satan that bombard us every day. And you say, well, Brother George, I don't know about this sermon. Believe me, if we'll learn to distinguish between God's voice and the world's voice, we might have a smiling Baptist church. We might have a worshiping church in here if we wasn't so negative and pulled down all the time by our friends. Amen? By people on our job. How many of y'all ever get up and go to work and you're in a real good mood and man, you just you wake up and you praise God and it seems like from 9 to 3 you're just drugged down? Amen? And if we was all truthful, probably every hand in here would go up. And it works the same way, not just on our job, but that, that listen, that bleeds over into our families. We get home, we get off our jobs. And we get, home should be a place of a refuge. But then we got, so, there's so, many, so much noise going on. There's so much just racket during our day and our lives that we cannot take time, and, I, and I'm guilty of this, Amen. of not taking time and enjoying what God has blessed us with. Amen. Because there's so much noise in our heads that we can't even enjoy a relationship that a saving Christ give us that we can enjoy a walk with Him every day. The Bible says that we're overcomers. Amen? Amen? But sometimes I just don't feel like I'm an overcomer. Sometimes I feel pulled down. Sometimes I feel like at 80% in my head. You say, it happens to you, Brother George. The devil and Satan and his lies attack me just as much as he attacks you and your family. He attacks this church body. Listen, there's nothing greater the devil wants to see is to see your life being wrecked by a bunch of lies. Because he knows that God's promises and God's truth will override the lies of the enemy. And so the devil doesn't want to see you living a, 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 just an exuberant life in a relationship. It's hard to find people that are excited about their relationship with Jesus Christ today. It's hard on the job. It's hard even in the churches. It's hard in our worship services to find people that are excited about their relationship with Jesus Christ. It's hard for them to express, I'm a child of the one true King. But in, in return, we, the reason I say this because I do this is sometimes I express more, I'm a child of a bondage King. Amen? 
Sometimes I, I look like maybe I'm so bound down with negative thoughts that, that people have to say, man, is that the preacher at Pleasant Hill? Now we all have bad days, amen? amen. Give a guy a break, come on. I see some of y'all looking like, yeah, I know. You have them too? We all have bad days. Yes, I'm a preacher. Yes, I believe I'm anointed of God. But you go back through God's Word, and there's a lot of men and women in God's Word that had bad days. But the problem is, is don't let that bad day turn into two. And turn into three. And to turn into four. And five and four long, it becomes a lifestyle. Amen? It becomes a lifestyle of negativity, griping and moaning and groaning. And... Amen? This is real life stuff I'm preaching on. Even John needs to go out on a boat tomorrow when he's gotten somebody and be a smiling child of the King. Amen? For y'all guys that work in the public, you need a smile on your face and a Jesus in your heart. Amen? And it just aggravates me when preachers can't smile and enjoy what they're doing. There's some preachers I've been around in churches, man, they'd bore me stiff if I was around them very long. They're the most boringest people. They don't act like Christ is alive. They speak a few words, send their flocks home. Hey, we are a child of the one true King. We should be living life more abundantly today. Amen? We should not look and smell and act like the world. We should actually be set apart. People should look at my heart and say, there is something different about Him. Lost people that don't know Jesus on your job, in your school, in this church on Sundays, when they walk in, should know that, hey, Pleasant Hill is a church of the one true King. Amen? And that's why I want to be different than everybody else. I don't want to be like every church on 70 West. I don't want to act like every church and do the same thing and copycat. we got a lot of copycat spirits. I want something that's unique and real that you can only get from the Holy Spirit. That you can only get from a worship service of people's hearts because their hearts are true and, and just full of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? That was the introduction. I guess I better read y'all some verses. Amen? Let's go to the war room, amen? Because we are in a war room. Paul talks about the war rooms of our lives in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. If you would stand, i got two verses. Y'all got to remember I missed last week. So I'm ready. I heard y'all got out a little earlier. It is Mother's Day, so I will try to keep it short. Look in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Here's what Paul says when he has a war room every day in his life, when the voices in his head became so loud. He was telling the church at Corinth, listen guys, there's a way we've got to have God's truth. has got to be more powerful in our lives than the lies of the enemy, than the lies of Satan, than the things bombarding us. We've got to be stronger than letting one person say to us, ruin our whole day. We've got to be stronger Christians than to let something little happen, and I know it happens, in the car on the way to church to ruin your whole worship Sunday. Because here's what the devil wants to do. If he can get you and your wife and your kids in an uproar on the way to church, he has sabotaged what God wanted to plant that seed in your heart of truth that might just bring you over the hump next week. 
How many times have we got upset and just said, I'm not even going to church today? I'm staying at home. I'm so upset. I got two, three, four. Come on. We've all been there. We have allowed the enemy, we have allowed Satan and the things of this world to just overrun us so much that God was going, man, if I could have just... And it's not, and we get things during the week. It just doesn't come from me. But I believe there's something special when we meet as a church body. Amen. In one heart, in one accord, that God speaks. The only things in here that I can't get when I'm not but inside meeting with my church family. Now, I listen to preaching every day, and I get things off the radio, Bible studies and devotionals, but there's, this is special, guys. This is special, what God speaks. For example... You can't get that on your job, what just happened up here during worship. When one person comes up here in tears with a burden on their heart and 20 come behind them, laying hands on them, praying, encouraging, you can't get that out there in the world. Amen? So look what Paul said. He says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And there's the word. We all let strongholds be built up around our minds. And it keeps us from the truth of God's Word. It keeps us from experiencing God in a real, real way because of strongholds. It says, for the weapons, in verse 5 it says, casting down, here it goes, casting down arguments. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing, now here it is, here's where we need to tear down these walls and allow God's truth to penetrate. It says, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your disobedience is fulfilled. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll just speak to our hearts. Lord, every person in here this morning has them 60,000 thoughts. Lord, we're probably halfway there this morning. Already. And Lord, what thoughts have been going through our head already this morning, and it's not even 12 o'clock, and we're in the middle of worship, and maybe 25 or 23,000, 24,000 thoughts have already come through our mind. Lord, how many of them thoughts has the enemy already come in and tried to sabotage our day? And our, our blessing and the seed that You wanted to plant in our hearts this morning. Lord, I pray that You would steal our hearts and our minds this morning. Help us tear them strongholds down that surround our minds and keep us from experiencing You in everyday life. Heavenly Father, we'll just give You the praise for what You do here today. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. We all have expectations. When we become a child of God and we got saved, we had expectations. When you, when you got married, how many of y'all had expectations? Amen. I mean, you still got expectations, amen. When, 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 whenever we get a new job and whatever we do, we got expectations. When, whatever it is, in this church, we should have expectations in this church. But so many times we get let down. And because Paul said we don't fight the flesh with we, we, the things that we war in are fleshly. Paul said if we're going to tear down the strongholds, you can't tear them down. You can't tear down the walls that's been built around your mind. And there's some people that walls have been built around their mind. They don't want nothing to do with a preacher. And I'm talking just about on religion. Amen. They don't want nothing to do with the church. 
Either from the past where they got hurt or something happened. I'll never go in that door again. I'll never listen to... Believe me, I know I'm a preacher. I hear it all the time. Some of them may not even walk in this door because of me. That's just the truth. Because, no, I really am a great guy. Now listen, I'm a great guy, but I'm going to preach God's truth. If you get angry and upset and walk out of here because of God's truth, take that up with God and the Holy Spirit. George is going to eat lunch. Amen? I'm going to preach the truth every day. I believe we need to be challenged as a church body, as Christians. We're not challenged by God today. We're not challenged to get up and get out of them strongholds. You can go to church, you can pray, you can read your Bible, but you've got to get up and say, I am sick of having the devil sabotage my life. Amen? Amen? You've got to take the initiative and step out on faith and say, enough is enough, devil. I want some faith. I want some joy. I want, believe me, Lord, I need some patience. I know some of y'all holy angels are back here going, we don't need patience. <laughs> Let me follow you this week. Let me ride with you. That's even better. I'm sure you're not going to be waving at some people like you're supposed to be. Amen? We all need to step up and say, God, I'm, we've got to be willing to surrender. It's all about surrender. God, I'm tired of tearing down these strongholds. I'm tired of trying to take these thoughts captive by myself. Holy Spirit, God, work through me. Give me the mind. Give me the joy. Give me, the vid- Give me what I need to be to experience you as a child of God, as He's supposed to experience Him. Not what the world tells me. Not- Listen, a lot of us are experiencing religion. <laughs> a lot of us experience the way the church does things. You'd be surprised how many people live about the doctrines of the church and not the doctrines of God's Word. And I preach in a lot of churches, and a lot of churches know more about their doctrines of the Baptist belief. Amen? Now, hey, hey, I'm not throwing Baptists on the bus. We've got Pentecostals, assemblies. They believe more the Pentecostal way, the assembly way, and the Baptist way more than the Jesus way. And, I want, and Levi, I want, to, I want to do it the God's way. Amen? What does He say? And Paul, go back to that verse in chapter 4. Uh, chapter 10, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty. <laughs> we got mighty weapons to tear down the strongholds that are built up around our minds. These walls are like the walls of Jericho. There's people that's had bad childhood experiences that have walls built up. They either experienced them in a divorce... They experienced them with a parent. They experienced them in some type of abuse. And so now all they hate is them type of people. Amen? It works the same way in church. It works the same way in marriages. People don't get married again because the first bum they married was terrible to them. According to them. Amen? I know some of y'all got exes and I've heard y'all been talking. They're not in Texas either. Amen? So we need God to tear down them walls. Hey, we're, this is real life. So we can communicate with our exes. You still got a family to raise. 
Whether you like it or not, sweetie and honey and dude, they're going to be around for 18 more years. So we got to learn how to God. How do I tear these strongholds down so I can be the Christian that I need to be? That you called me to be. Verse 5. He says, casting down, imagine... How many of y'all imagine things? Verse, before they ever happen, you've already imagined it's going to be terrible. I mean, according to you, if I talk to your imagination, the house is done blowed up and everybody almost got killed. And all it was was one of the kids just struck a match. I mean, that's it. I mean, some bomb blew up. Before you went around that last curve, you done pictured going way too fast and having a wreck and all. Oh, I'm in the hospital. Imagination. The devil loves to play with your imagination. He loves to take imaginations and drown out your faith that is in Jesus Christ. He loves that. He, he, now, they're, they're, them, there's them type of imagination, but there's also good imaginations. Mevlin had them when we got married. Amen. <laughs> She cast them all down. Amen. <laughs> hey, we're going on this. This June will be 26 years. Amen. Hey, it's great. I, I, listen, I'm nowhere near 70, Miss Polly and Brother Bill, but hey, we're, 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 we're just chipping a little dent in it. Amen. We're not 70 years yet, but hey, 26. But see, we all have imagined, and we need to imagine, we all have expectations. Listen, if you're a child of God, we need to have expectations as a child of God, especially in our spiritual life, number one. We need to have expectations that God wants us to grow. Amen? I'm not going to always be the person I am right now. This year, in two years, I pray I'm a lot stronger. I've been more mature. I've grown up in the Lord. I'm not a child no more. I'm growing up to be a man of God. Amen. And we need that in our church desperately today because churches are filling up with a bunch of kids. I mean, just preach to me, give me a sermon, let's go, let's go, we gotta go, we got ball games, go, we got hobbies, we got this. But none of us are leading people to the Lord. None of us are witnessing because we're kids. But when you start maturing, you'll start leading people to what you have. Amen. I always say this you can't lead nobody where you haven't never been. Spiritually. And churches, listen, churches, we're having a revival Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. You say, well, I can't come. You didn't announce it early enough. <laughs> you don't look at that anyway. Come on. Amen. I know already I've said a revival and somebody's already got an excuse why they're not going to be here. Not just one night, not just two, all three. Amen. But we want God to tear down the strongholds. Then we got to step up. Amen. Amen. And Paul said, cast down in imaginations and every high thing. How many of y'all have ever been prideful? Well, I'm glad y'all's a lot like me. This is going to be a boring sermon. We all let pride get to our head. Amen? You do something and... Isn't it amazing how when we do something and we accomplish something... I did kind of preach pretty good this morning. Man, I tore it up this morning. I laid the word this morning. First thing I always do is I want to lift up George. We hardly ever the first step. Hey, it's very rare in a Christian. Every time something good happens in a church body or in a family or life, 
is they honor and glorify. When you get to that point, you're growing in Jesus. When you give God all the honor and glory for what you have, what you do, where He is my strength, He's my all. Everything I have, if it wasn't for Jesus, hey, I wouldn't be here. Amen? That's where we need to be in our maturity, in our walk with Jesus, in our relationship. It's about You, Lord. And He said, I, we need to bring all that into captivity. We need, we need to surround it up because it is killing our lives. It's killing our walk. It's killing our families, our marriages, our churches. We've got to bring it all in and bring every one of them thoughts. Even when I... And through the day, one of them 60,000 thoughts is going to be a bad one. <laughs> Amen? I guarantee you, one of them... If you're like me, it'll be more than one. But I'm just letting some of y'all holy rollers let you know that. You're going to have one. One. One bad thought is going to cross your mind. And that's what... Here's the deal is. Paul is saying, right then, you've got weapons that are mighty to God. Don't just let it play off and go. Use God's Word. Use the convictions of the Holy Spirit. Use prayer and bring them thoughts into captivity. If not... You're going to be a bad person tomorrow. You're going to be a cranky, mama-chama person. Amen? I mean, you're going to tear the kids up in the morning, your husband up, everybody else up, and vice versa, guys, the same way. Amen? If we don't bring them thoughts into captivity and we let them run wild, they control our lives. That's why it's so important to control them lives with the Word of God. In God's truth. Amen? i got to hurry. Oh, i got to hurry. i got th- real short this morning. Alright? Let's go straight. Here's what we need to do to be encouraged by God. All these thoughts coming through your mind. Everything's happening. How, listen, Jesus is in the encouraging business. Amen? Amen? He knows we mess up. He knows we fail. He knows we sin. He doesn't cast us to the side. Amen. He knows you had... 20,000 bad thoughts this weekend. He knows that. But God doesn't say, well, she had bad thoughts. He had bad thoughts. We're casting them aside. Here, listen, we need to be encouraged. Some of the greatest people in the Bible got discouraged. Moses, Elijah, John the Baptist, and Jesus said he was the greatest prophet of all of them. He was discouraged. He was in prison. Let, let, I want to read them verses real quick. I can't leave without John the Baptist. I love John the Baptist. John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus Christ. This man was the greatest prophet. And he didn't wear the greatest suits, but he was the greatest prophet. Amen? I mean, he loved camel hair and he eat bugs. Amen? And by the way, for some of y'all Baptists that don't know, John the Baptist was not a Baptist. <laughs> Whoa, let me get that out the top. I've heard some say, you know John the Baptist was a Baptist. You know, why are you Baptist? I'm Baptist because John was. <laughs> no! He was a baptizer. That was his occupation. Okay, in the Lord. He wasn't that denomination. There's no Peter the Pentecost. Amen? There's no Evans, the evangelistical. Amen? There's no Bob, the independent Baptist. 
There's no Paul the Presbyterian. We're all one in the name of Christ. Amen? That's who we are. But look at this. You don't think you think you get discouraged? A prophet gets discouraged here, and then God and then Jesus encourages him. He's having all these sixty thousand thoughts come through his mind while he's in a prison cell. And it came to pass when Jesus had made the end of an end of commanding his twelve disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now, when John had heard, now John's in prison. When John had heard the, in prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. And he said to him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Now, that blew me away when I read that verse. Here's John the Baptist preaching, preparing the way. Repent! I mean, he, he's just preaching out there every day. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And he's also the same one when Jesus showed up at the, at the River Jordan and said, Baptize me, John. He said, Lord, I'm not even worthy to buckle your sandal. He's also the one that said, I must decrease so Christ can increase. And I'm thinking, this man is a mighty prophet man of God. Now he's in prison and the devil is playing with what? His mind. That's where the attack starts is in your mind. If He can get you to think... Listen, temptation is not a sin. But when it gets from here and gets to here and then gets to here, it becomes a sin. When temptation becomes real and you act on it, it's a sin. But we're tempted every day and do not sin. Amen? You have thoughts every day that aren't right, but that doesn't mean you act on them. Amen? Quit using the devil made me do it. <laughs> you had part of that. <laughs> Your flesh. And Jesus answered and said unto him, John says, listen, I'm going to send two guys out. Go ask him, is he really... Now, this man is preaching him. He's so discouraged, he's so beat down and bombarded with lies of the devil. He says, go ask him if he's the true Messiah, the one that's been prophesied to come, or should we be looking for another man? You say, I can't believe, John. We do it. Amen? We get down and out, get hurt, and things of life attack us, and we start questioning God. His motives. Why did did I do all this for you, God, and then this happens to me? Ever been there? He's getting discouraged. He's getting down and out, the blind. So he go back to the verse right before that. Jesus answered and said to him, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and say. So here's what Jesus says. Jesus could have said, I am the one, John. He didn't do that. He goes back and says, Jesus said, Go back and tell him this. Next verse. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. And the deaf hear. The dead are raised up. And the poor have gospel preached to them. And you're thinking, you're in prison and Jesus comes back. He would say, John. He should have said, John, I love you with all my heart. Hang in there. I'll get you free here just in a few weeks. You're in prison and all of a sudden, revival's breaking out. Great things. People are being healed. Eyes are being opened up. And, and John's going, but Jesus, 
I went through all this and this is happening. Here's what Jesus was trying to tell John. All them thoughts that were being bombarded in his life. He said, John, I could have told you you're doing a great job. This is why we need to be encouraged by the Holy Spirit and not from people. If you're relying on just encouragement from people, you're going to fall. That's why David encouraged himself in the Lord when he had to make a decision. And everything that he did. Jesus could have said, I love you, John, I'm coming to get you. He didn't. He didn't say nothing outwardly to him. They come back and said, man, they're having a revival down there. Lane's being healed, the blinds can see. I mean, they're running up down the streets. The gospel is being advanced. And then as soon as them disciples left, Jesus commends him and says, he's the greatest prophet. He's the greatest prophet that there's ever been. Why didn't Jesus come back and tell him that face to face? Because Jesus wanted John's faith in Jesus and not in John. Because every time I'm encouraged by humans and lifted up and patted on the back, my faith becomes in George. Amen? And I, you have to watch this when you're in leadership. Whether it's in church, on the job, everybody will pat you on the back. Amen? That's a great sermon. Man, great revival. Oh, praise God. That touched me. Amen. And boy, the more y'all shake my hand, the more I... If I don't let my flesh control me. If I don't have the attitude of the increase and decrease attitude of that, hey, it's all about Jesus, not about me. I'm just part of the puzzle. I'm just His mouthpiece. Amen? I don't save a soul and never have saved a soul. Of all my years of preaching and people, I have never saved one person. Jesus Christ did by faith in Jesus. Amen? Not in George. That's why Jesus did that. So John would have faith in Him. You know, Jesus wants to encourage every one of us today because y'all have had them thoughts this morning. You had them all last week. Listen, Jesus wants to encourage us. And I was thinking, man, what was ways in that passage that Jesus encouraged can encourage us through... What I preached on today, what is so encouraging? Here's what you need to do. When the devil comes and starts attacking you, and them bombs are going to come falling tomorrow. Here's what we need to tell him. Devil, I'm not who I could be. I'm not all that I should be. But praise God, I'm not who I was. Amen? Amen. We need to do that. You say, Brother George, if you tell them that, they're really doing better than they think they are, huh? If you tell them that, that's going to give them a license to be lazy. No. Listen, Jesus comes to encourage. Can you imagine what Jesus... Listen, if you're down and out this morning, I can look around and people sitting in these pews. I can look and see where you were two and three and four years ago. I see where you're at today and who you're leading in this church and what you're... You look back and think about five years ago. Do this for me. Everybody in here, five years ago, Think about where you were spiritually with Jesus, in your relationship, everything, in your marriage, with your children. Now, let's fast forward real quick. Sunday, May the 11th. Whew, I didn't want it to be Monday because we're going to work. <laughs> May the 11th. Here you are. You're sitting here. You're not all you could be. You're not all you should be. But praise God, you're better than you used to be. Amen? you got to start somewhere. Amen? 
You got to start with faith somewhere. You got to step up somewhere. Yeah, you're going to mess up. Things are going to happen. You're not perfect, but hey, I'm not as bad as I used to be. And I know Jesus looks the same way when He sees you and, and sees the righteousness in some of these folks that are, whoa, they were way away from Christ. May not have been saved five years ago. Didn't even know Christ. And five years later, they're in church. You know Jesus is excited. Amen? He's going, whoa, mm, look at my boy down there. Amen. Oh, look at that girl down there. You don't know who they used to be. I know who they used to be. I mean, I knew where they was, but I know where they're going. I know where they're at now, but I also know where I'm taking them. Amen? Because see, the devil's always going to come and tell you, this happened to me this last... I mean, it happens from time to time. I was gone last week. And the devil is very good about saying, George... From time to time, I have to really... He even attacks me. He's like, man, you preach, you're loud, you're this. Hey, I still get attacked by the devil. And he can still wad me up like a piece of paper. Amen? If, I, if my faith is in George. And I let my faith get in George the last two or three, four weeks. We're at a busy time of year where everybody's busy. How many in here is busy? You know, and, and, and trying to do ministry and busy and graduations and this and, 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 and programs going and ministry and camps coming up and this. and Oh, people going on vacation here, people going here, people going here. And the devil uses all that instead of just saying, the Holy Spirit was sitting there trying to say, George, it's a busy time of year. Slow down. Take it easy. I'm still in control. The devil goes, Ah, your sermons ain't affecting all <laughs> I don't know what y'all think the devil is, but he looks like the joker to me. I mean, <laughs> amen? And he loves having a good time with your attitude. And he goes, they're not listening to you. You're preaching, you're challenging every Sunday. You're up, you're down. Yep, you're down. Yep, you're down. Well, me and Nevin was gone last week. Did the revival over at Mountain Pine, great three nights of revival, had good crowds, moves. It was great. Our church was even uplifted. And then I was gone last week. And the last three or four weeks, the devil's been saying that stuff. You're not helping nobody. I mean, the words you're preaching aren't changing nobody. And I was going, well, maybe you're right. Amen? Well, let me rethink this. Maybe he's right. And so then last Sunday, me and Melvin was gone. And we go stay the weekend with her mom and dad. There's a guy there. As I'm coming up to our mom and dad's, I look to my left there. How many of y'all have been in the big town of Sims? Population nine and one coon dog. <laughs> Amen. And as I'm pulling in Sims, I look to my left. There's a guy standing out talking to another guy. And they, was, they were scraping something. They were painting. And I recognized him. It was a man that came all three nights to my revival. Amen. From Odin. Why he had drive from Odin to hear George, I don't know. But he drove an hour every night, his whole family, to revival. Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. They got up and gave their testimony one night about his daughter being in a car wreck. And as I drove by, there he was. Me and Hunter pulled in there. And I said, what are you doing, Horace? He said, oh, I'm just... Brother George, I, you know, I told you down in revival that this church called me as their pastor and I'm here. He said, pray for me. We only have nine people. I said, what are you doing? He said, we're painting outside this. He said, Brother George, when I came here, this fellowship hall was locked with a dead boat. I mean, a, a padlock. The windows were covered up with 
They had towels pinned on the walls, blanking the windows out. He said, man, I'm pastor. I've been here about a month. We're having graduation dinner tomorrow night for 12 olden seniors, and we're going to use this fellowship hall. And I said, Amen. Now to you, that if you go to a big church, that may not sound like a lot to you. But really, size has nothing to do with it. Amen. Really, size has... I'll go to a big church over... Big don't mean you're great. Amen? And small doesn't mean you're weak. Amen? For y'all big church guys... Hey, and so I said, listen, I'm going to take Hunter home and I'll be back up here. I want to help y'all paint this and work. That was the best thing I could have done. Amen. God kind of just took me and put me right back where I needed to be. Yeah, your church is growing, you're doing this, but I need to take you on back and let you look at how things used to be. Amen. You're not what you could be, Pleasant Hill. You're not what you should be, but you're a whole lot more than you used to be. Amen. We need that mentality in this church. Amen. Quit harping and grappling and moaning about everything wrong in this place. Everything wrong in ministry. Who's not doing right? Amen? Because it's easy to do that when you walk out of here and get in your car on the way home. Somebody's going to tell somebody what somebody did wrong. That sounds like a country song, don't it? Amen? Oh! Quit looking at what's always wrong in your marriage, in your family, on your job. And look what it used to be. And where you're at right now. That's the best thing I could have done was go down there and work in that little church. Not only did we do that, I come back to the house and I think God probably used Melvin. I didn't think she wanted... We was going to go to Josh Harper's church. I mean, Josh has been here preaching and got great worship and they run about 200 and they're really just tearing up ministry up in Mount Ida. And I said, we're going to Josh's church. I can't wait to go to Josh's church. Josh has got it together up there. All I got to walk in and just... Oh, bathe myself. <laughs> Amen? I get back to the house and Melvin says, Hey, you want to go to church down there at Horses tomorrow? They don't have it nine people. They need to be encouraged. Yeah. And I said, Yeah, we'll do that. We got up the next morning. Bless your heart. God said, Oh, George, in his place. <laughs> you go to church with nine people. <laughs> I walked out there saying, George, you ain't what you could be. You ain't what you should be, but you for sure ain't what you used to be. Amen? Amen. And we loved on them nine and encouraged them. No, there was eleven. Eleven there, counting me, Melvin, and her mom. (laughs) Three more made eleven. We broke a new attendance record. (laughs) There was only eight there. Let me take it back. Oh, you bunch of nitpickers. Twelve. Oh, I went to, La- I went to Mountain Pine. Uh. If you can't have fun preaching, don't have fun at all. Amen? And so when I walked out of there, bless their heart, they had one piano player. They're looking for music, looking for just people with any kind of talent. We sung two songs. Slowly. Two songs. There's power in the blood and in the garden. And 
I was ready for in the garden to be over because weeds were growing in the garden. <laughs> they were doing the best they could. That's all they had. Okay? Not making fun of nobody. Because Pleasant Hill, we've been there. <laughs> I know, and it's always good to look back to see where you've been so you'll know where you're going a lot of times. And it was great. Hey, I just sit in there and worship. We tapped our hands, our, our hearts, and just, hey, and worship like we worship. We just enjoyed it. He got up, gave the message, give, they sung one verse of invitation in the garden. And there we go again. Got through, but hey, God's presence was in that place. And I'm thinking, was I there to lift Him up or was He there to really encourage me? You see, we're not what we could be or should be, but we're a whole lot more than we used to be. And if we'll use that mentality, instead, listen, in this church, instead of viewing everything that's wrong, and letting the, cause see, once we say it, you're giving the devil an open door. Whether it's in your marriage, in your church, in your life, when you act on one of them thoughts, you know, and you really believe it and take it up, and then you go share that thought with somebody else, it's called gossip. Amen? Just tell them that your preacher said, I've been caught sharing thoughts. Amen? It's gossip. And when we act on that, we let the devil just build strongholds around us. And listen to this one. You matter a whole lot more to a lot of people than you think you do. Amen? We all got big expectations. Where's my phone at? Who's got my phone? Bring my phone here a minute, Rick. I wanted to show you all this before I close here in a minute. How many of y'all's got the Apple iPhone 4S? How many's got the 5S? Is there a 5S or just a 5? Five? 5. I lost count. I got the 4S. The reason I got this phone is I expected a lot of things out of this phone. When I got ready to get a new phone, uh, Tanya said, you need to at least get the 4S because you can talk into this and it'll type it out for you. And I had big expectations, man. This thing is going to my sermons when I speak into it. All 7,499 pages of it. Amen? It's going to do it. And then, and then Tanya said, yeah, but you, it's got a thing called the S stands for Siri. And she said, that Siri, you just ask it a question. You're in town. You want to know a question about a restaurant? or you're, Ask Siri and she's got all the answers. I thought, man, this is great. So I thought I'd try it this morning. Show you how she works. Man, I was excited about this phone till I got the phone. Hey, man, listen. Just watch. Turn my volume up. Wait a minute. Make sure I'm up a little bit. Let me get her off. Siri, what is my name? Nope. See there? Let me try it again. Siri, what is my name? You're George. But since we are friends, I get to call you Brother George. <laughs> That's great, man. Isn't that great? Man, this is a great... I had big expectations. That's cool. Watch this. Y'all women going to want one of these. Where is the closest Walmart? 
Okay, one of these places matching Walmart is a little ways from you. She gives me a map and how to get there and how many miles. <laughs> That's great, isn't it? So then I was playing around one night, me and Mevlin. Siri, are you a Christian? My policy is the separation of spirit and silicon. Hear that? Separation of spirit and machine. But well, listen to this. Siri, you don't know a thing. Oh, rats. <laughs> You're about to frustrate me, Siri. Okay. You're really aggravating me now. You're not giving me the answers. I am? I am? <laughs> How far is Walmart? I found two places matching Walmart a little ways from you. One night, I don't know if y'all's phone does this, but one night, I was typing something in here by speaking into it and the word printed out a cuss word. I didn't say it. it she said it. And I let her know. I got right... Mabel was sitting in a chair. I'm sitting on the couch. And I said, Siri, you got a potty mouth. She turned around and said, it's not about me. It's about you. Remember? I had a lot of big expectations this thing was going to do a lot. Listen, this thing's only as she said, I separate spirit from silicon or machine. It's only a machine. It has no spirit. We, we rely on a lot of these things to bring us happiness. I thought this was a world saver right here, man. It's going to type everything. It took her a year to figure out my redneck twang. Amen? Yeah, she wasn't my fix-all. But see, here, here, here's the deal. We put all... We try to... Man, we want, our, we want machines to fix our marriage. We want machines to fix our church. We got ways and there's, there's ways and we want them to fix this and fix that and technology and that's all great. But Siri is not going to get you to heaven. Amen? Siri is not going to... Listen, Siri this week, when you leave here, by the time you leave here after all I preached, you probably over 60,000 thoughts by now. Amen? And when you leave here, the devil is going to condemn you when you walk out of this door. I don't know why you went to church today. You know, you could have been doing this. You, could have, you don't read your Bible enough. You don't pray enough. You don't know near as much as them people know. You're just trying to fit in. They don't really love you down there. Did you see so-and-so what they were wearing? There's a thought. Did you hear what that preacher said? Did you hear that? And the whole time, them thoughts are bombarding you. And you've got to separate lies or truth or the devil's going to box you in. Amen? And so here's what I did a couple weeks ago and I'm closing. Praise team, as y'all come, I forgot we didn't have children's church. They're getting ready to go. But here's what helped me after I came back and I did this a couple weeks ago. Even before I went up there, as I was thinking about this, and I was looking this morning, 
as I come up a lot of times on Sunday morning, I stand in the front and we're worshiping the lights are down. And, and I'm usually so busy with preaching the Word, just like this morning, so ready to preach. I forgot about Mother's stuff. And so that day, God really showed me, and we need to do this. I put my Bible down and I just stood up and I turned around and looked at all the people standing and worshiping. Man, people were standing with one hand, both hands. People were crying. Then I look over here and the altar's full during worship. Most churches can't get them to come during invitation, let alone worship. But the altars are open for any time of the service. Amen? And so I look over here and I see people praying and hugging on each other and encouraging each other. They're in tears. And I'm thinking, George... You need to get up and just keep preaching. And he always throws one little verse to me. I can do all things through Christ with strength in me. He says, you're not what you could be. Your church is not what it should be. But you're a whole lot better than you used to be. And when I looked across there and I seen all that. And I said, you know what God? That was just the encouragement I needed to keep going. Because see, if you're being condemned today, it's not from God, it's from the devil. Romans 8.1 says there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. If there's fear, it's not from God, it's from the devil. He gives a spirit of peace, love, and a sound mind. Do you have peace this morning? Let's all stand. I know it's long, but listen. This may be the one time that you can separate that God thought this morning. That you're going to be able to separate all them thoughts coming through your mind. Won't you come this morning? Are you feeling discouraged? Are you feeling down and out this last week? Or maybe the last two or three weeks, the last month you've been in depression? Maybe things haven't been going right in your marriage? Maybe not what you thought they should see. I thought church should be this way and this way, but God said, listen, church is going to be the way I make it, George. And sometimes He's got to back me up and realize that it's all about God. We need to all walk out of here this morning feeling, saying, hey, it's a whole lot less about me and a whole lot more about God this morning. If we do that, you're going to be blessed this morning. Amen? You may need to be encouraged this morning. Come and pray at these altars. You may be having a lot of bad thoughts every day bombarding your mind. And, and you got walls of Jericho all around your mind. Won't you let God turn that bitterness through the power of the Holy Spirit? Won't you let Him up, uproot that bitterness and that, that all that you've been harboring? and give you peace and joy in knowing that you are a child of the one true King. Amen. As we come this morning, as the pray team sing, I love this song, In the Potter's Hands. That should be everyone's prayer in here this morning. Lord, mold me and make me. Not me. Lord, You mold me and make me who I need to be. But you got to step out on faith this morning and give it to Him. It's, it's okay to thank it. Sometimes we need to act on it. Right where you're at this morning, won't you step out with Jesus? Are you tired of being bombarded by the devil and his lies?